Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Billion Dollar Movie Club. Yes. yes, the Billion Dollar Movie Club. This is a show where we look at movies that made a lot of money and we're like, hey, look, there's Asians in this one. But sadly, this isn't one of the ones that actually made a billion. No, no, this is a, this is a little bonus episode. As a reminder, every 10 weeks we go, hey, so many superheroes. Let's do a, a non-superhero movie. Let's do The Grinch. Or Let's do us. the superhero movie before they became really or big. <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Or this week, we're taking on a film. Juan, uh, what movie is this? So, Miss Simpson, I look at you. I look yes. at you and I see, uh-huh. huh, he, he's looking pretty Asian. And like, what, what, what do you look at when you see me in this case? Huh. You have glasses. And you're Asian. Well, there you go. And you know what's the one thing that stopped us from being in this movie we're talking about? Uh, a lot of things. We're not crazy rich. And, oh, sure, Today, sure. we're talking about crazy rich Asians. Oh, wow. Wow. What a lead up to that. <laughs> Released in the U.S. on Wednesday, August 15th. Why the fuck was this released on a Wednesday? Uh, you know what? Sometimes you gotta you gotta break the bank and break them expectations. They they're like coming, everybody walking into the theater like, oh, it's a Wednesday. There's no new movies coming out today. No, no, no. You get the big, crazy rich Asians. That's a surprise for you. Do you think? Do you think it was like cheaper to debut it on a Wednesday than a Friday, and that's why it came out on a Wednesday? Always gotta get them deals. Directed by John M. Chu with a budget of $30 million. The film would have an opening weekend of $26 million. It would be number one for three weekends until it was dethroned by... Can you guess it? Can you guess it? Yes, The Nun. Ah, you, you gotta love The Nun. You I, know, she, she, she sure is religious. That's that's in the Conjuring franchise, right? Is it? I think it's in a franchise. I forget which one. <laughs> I love that even horror movies have like sprawling cinematic universes. I mean, I, that's always been a thing, but like now that they're, it's not just sequels. Yeah, because there's Conjuring, The Nun, and The Curse of La Llorona. And like the franchise. funny thing is, like, wasn't The Conjuring supposed to be like a spinoff of Insidious or something? Was like it? That? I do not know. I do not know. That's crazy rich information, you Asian. <laughs> and we, was... got, we got to fit in all the name drops every time we get. All the name drops. So just the same name yes. every five minutes. Okay, wow. Well, this film would go on to grow to so 174 million domestically and Whoa. 238 million worldwide. That's some crazy rich money that you just said. <laughs> Asian. The film would be the 17th highest grossing film at the domestic box office in 2018 in front of Hotel Transylvania 3 and behind Ralph Breaks the Internet. Them animated movies. Right between them. Juan, what happens in this movie? So, so we start in uh, 95. 1995 to be exact. Uh, we're in London. This family, 
comes into this hotel. It's it's drenching outside. And then this hotel staff, the snooty men that they are, they see this family and go, tisk tisk, they do not belong. You do not belong. And then oh, no. they kick them out. But then the mother's like, I will I will call the people, have this straightened out. They come back into the building. They now own the hotel. Oh my God. Because we're not just talking about Asians. Whoa. We're talking about crazy rich Asians. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then we fast forward to today-ish, I guess. Not today, as in the time you're listening to this. Or today, oh, the, the, the day we In the middle of a this. pandemic? <laughs> we're, this takes place during the COVID uh, <laughs> pandemic. Well, who knows? Maybe this this podcast, the listener, will be in a post-COVID world. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> if the world finds its way out of there. <laughs> and then uh, we 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 get a we get a close close up on this table, and uh, this woman's playing poker, oh. and uh, she totally bluffs this guy out of everything, and she wins. And then it, the lights come up and it's actually a college lecture. And mm-hmm. she is an econ professor mm-hmm. playing with them expectations, Whoa. both occasions. What and was the, the expectation? I, I don't know, but like just the, the switch up, the switch ups, they're there in the beginning. Okay. They, they, they love a good switcheroo at the beginning those, of this motion picture. Those Asians had some crazy rich switch ups. And then, uh, and then she, she goes to, to a little diner place with her boy toy. And then she's like, and the boy's toy, he's like, yo, you should come to Singapore with me and my family so we could go to this wedding and they can meet you. And then there's these other women there who take a picture and set it all the way around the globe. And by the time that they leave the restaurant, the family already knows what's up. And then she doesn't know the huge uh, malaise she's going to get involved with. So she goes to the airport and she's like, we're economy people. And then they pick them up at from the cabs. Like, no, no, no. You're getting first class. You're getting all expenses paid. You're going to live in luxury. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she asks him like, what's going on? And then he's like, you know what? We're, we're wealthy, but we're wealthy. All right. And then she deals with it. And then, they go to the place and they meet the family and the family's like, we don't like you because you're American has nothing to do with money though. Don't worry about that. And then, and then the husband to be is like, Oh, you, you, you could tough it out. Don't worry about them. I'll stay with you. And then she's like, no, I don't want you to, I'm going to be strong enough to stand up to your family and leave you if it comes to that. And then it comes to that. And then he comes chasing after her in a big romantic gesture as Mm. all these romantic comedies do in a mode of transportation, as it were. Mm. And uh, they do end up together. And uh, they end up, the final scene is on the the, uh, roof of that building, or should I say three buildings in Singapore, Whoa. because there's the there's the famous structure that's like three huge skyscrapers, and there's like one connective roof over them. That, yeah. Wow. I feel a lot. Uh, there's a little more enthusiasm than some of your other recaps at the end of there. That's interesting. I have two questions for you, Pawn. Mm-hmm. Number one, for you know, I have you for the podcast sake. 
you mentioned there was a romantic gesture on a mode of transportation. Yes. Can you clarify? Because everyone's been wondering. Since you said everyone's been wondering, the important question, was it a boat? You know what? It was a sky boat. Ooh! <laughs> we love sky boats. Number two, did you watch this when it came out? Uh, yes, I saw this one in the theater. In the theater. Oh, interesting. How about, well. how about you? How about you? I remember it. It became a family thing. I don't remember how. I thought it was just, I vaguely remember it only being like a couple of us initially, but then the whole household went and it was a really fun experience. Yeah, I think I went like the second or third weekend after it became this huge thing. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this yeah. movie. It, as, it, as, it, was, it was fun. Yeah. I, it's really weird. Both times I've watched this, mm-hmm. I come out of it going, huh, I don't know if it's a rom-com. There's a romance at the center of it. But I don't know if it's a rom-com. There's not enough jokes. I, yeah, did, seriously, did you find it not too hysterical? I mean, the biggest thing for me was Jimmy O. Yang. Because he's always amazing. He's great. Did you ever watch Patriots Day? No. I feel like in retrospect, that's the Mark probably, Wahlberg movie, yeah, isn't it? Very problematic. But Jimmy O. Yang has a dramatic role in it. He is terrific, but he's hysterical in this, hysterical in Silicon Valley. Um, and he's really fun in this one. I, I, I really enjoyed the gag where they were on the <laughs> the there was a there was a boat. Yeah. There was a boat. There was a big freight boat. And then he blows up the kazooka, the bazooka, and then the woman just flies the one behind him. I forgot about that. I'm watching it this time. I'm like, that's very broad, very <laughs> funny. I was not expecting that. The woman just flew by. But yeah, although although I don't think of this as like a laugh at loud rom com, um, this is the first piece of art I remember consuming, and maybe it's because it's. It's the first film in 25 years led by an Asian slash Asian American cast in Hollywood. Um, this is the first time I remember a movie reckoning with the difference between Asian and Asian American. And I found that be so resonant. And and that is what speaks to me in this movie more so than the rom than the romance, which I don't find a lot of drama in the romance in this movie. It feels like it just hits the beats. Yeah. Well, because like there's no real tension. No. At least it doesn't feel like there is in them being like, will they or won't they at any moment? Yeah, a typical rom-com is them falling in love, right? And they start out in love. And there's never a moment where they're like, I don't love you. Like it's it's just whether or not the mom's gonna accept it, right? Right. And so with that lack of tension, it 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 doesn't fill my rom-com needs mm-hmm. as a fan of the genre. I do love the the airplane uh, proposal. I think that's a cute thing. But once again, I, I think this movie's... The biggest thing I take away is the, 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 the back and forth between Asian and Asian American. The thing I feel like is even in that airport moment, there was no tension on whether or not she would say yes. Sure. Like, I feel like there I usually agree. is that in the rom-coms where it's like he messed up or like someone messed up somewhere and they're mm-hmm. really pleading f- f- to be with the other person. Sure. Whereas I this agree. feels like 
him already being there, that's that was what was needed and it was already done. Yeah. I think the reveal is not whether or not they would get together. It's the ring. Because I forgot he gets his mom's ring in it. Oh. And so I, I didn't not... even notice that. <laughs> yeah. So for a second, I'm like, oh, so he's just going to leave his family for her. But no, it's it's that they're accepting her. And, and that's very nice. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this movie. It, it's, it's, I don't know. It's very nice, very nice. One thing I will say is that I find it interesting, the focus on the environments. Go on. More so, like, you're, you're dealing with this rich family, so you want to show the extravagance. Mm-hmm. So you're only focusing on, like, the uh spectacle of the space itself sure and like yes there are like uh maids and stuff like that but it really feels like they're pushed off screen for a good amount of the time oh very much so because it's like they don't really want you to think of that like this is just hmm what's the word i'm looking for go ahead well this this film does I was, I was along along with the the difference between Asian and Asian American. It tackles social class and and you know the fact that they they are dismissing uh, Constance Wu's character because she's she's not from this wealthy family and they're outwardly saying that they don't care, but you know deep down they do care. Right. Yeah, but there's also that element of she is a self made person in that sense as well. Like she is she. She's an NYU professor. Oh yeah, yeah. So like she she's got but, some. But they they don't see that. They they see where she comes from. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm just saying from the point of view where it's like they so, You want a wider view of of this entire It feels thing. like in the it was a deliberate choice to do that so that they don't go into like heavier topics or something where like the audience sure. might feel bad if you catch my drift. I don't think it, this film wants to tackle that. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I just, I'm just noting it. Juan, are you telling me you want this movie to be more like Roma? Because I love Roma. <laughs> you know what? Every movie needs to be Roma. Oh my God. Like, I should go to the movie theater and it's like, should, do I want Roma 1, Roma 2, Roma 3, Roma 4? Why isn't this movie in black and white? Huh? Why isn't there a beautiful, heart-wrenching scene on a beach? Oh, there is. Good. In this one? Well, I mean, there's no sand, but they're on the water. <laughs> oh, you see, you're telling me the, the scene when they're uh, talking on, when they're getting away from the bachelor party. Yeah. Yes. I'll I mean. be honest. When they were like, let's get out of here, I was a little upset. <laughs> you wanted more time just in the water? I wanted more of that. I wanted that boat. And they, they denied me the boat. That's a point against the movie. No, not as much time on the boat. Yes, but would you rather them give you, uh, sprinkle it in and tease you, or you give it so much that it loses the the fun of the boat? See, see, there's there's a fine line between that. But like, if you don't even skirt up to the line, there's what's the point? Mm, mm, what is the point of the line? <laughs> what is the point? This this cast is great. Yes, uh, it's yes. a wonderful cast. We'd be remiss to bring up the fact that uh, this film's been called out for colorism, which I just think is, is a 
it's a tough topic to talk about when it's the first Asian movie made in Hollywood in 25 mm-hmm. years. You uh, know, I, I recently saw a, a TED talk John M. Chu gave hmm. uh, discussing this movie at partially. And he talked about like a lot of the controversies that came up while he, it was being made. Like the idea that this is a movie to celebrate Asians, but you know, it's really only like one facet of it. Yeah. And stuff like that. I mean, it's like there's only I'll I'll uh, default to something you say very often. There's only so much you can do with two hours. Yes. <laughs> I also think part of it is, you know, this is a, this is a, a Western film, right? Right. Made by Asian Americans at the head, right? And we have this tendency to capture all of Asia with just the term Asian. And we ignore the fact that there are so many different facets. And so I think when you call it crazy rich Asians, you do hope that it represents every single Asian that is there. But again, you can't do, you can only do so much. And, you know, it's, it's based on a family. So the family's going to probably be one background for, you know, it's a family. And it, it's, I don't know. I, I did see something that, that uh, a brief, I didn't read too deep in it. Uh, mm-hmm. director John M. Chu regretted that like uh, he had South Asians cast as like uh, minor roles and he they, he saw that they, they fit stereotypes that he did not intend to so you know it it it's more complicated than I think people let it up uh, bring it up as and like the other the other thing I might have a bit of an issue with is that I mean, it didn't feel like there were like actual stakes in this movie as much. It felt like a cozy movie. You know what uh, I mean? I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And it's like, I, you know what? I get it. We want to have a celebration, but I'm at that point where it's like, yo, let's get let's get into it. Let's get into the, it. Here's the thing I noticed with this movie, right? And I think I wrote down something. I wrote down something. Yeah, I feel I found because Maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I feel like Asians hate conflict. <laughs> and so they want to make it always appear nice, right? It's all about appearances. And I think in this movie, you see, oh, I froze. No, you didn't. I didn't freeze. My screen no. froze. <laughs> wow. That'd be a fun moment in the podcast. So yeah, um, it's all about appearances and what you give off. And I think the Michelle Yeoh character is very rooted in, in making sure everything is right. Everything's nice with tradition. I, and, and there's this tendency to avoid conflict because it is messy. Mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of simmers until it all builds up and explodes. And a lot of this movie, they're passive aggressively saying stuff, but they're not actually reckoning with, with any of the conflicts up until the end when everything explodes. So I think that might be part of it. Fair enough. Fair maybe, enough. maybe I'm putting my own personal family shit into this movie. <laughs> One thing I will say is I, I, I thought for the longest time that something that would make a really interesting like rom-com movie hmm. is um so you know how Indian weddings last like a whole week. Okay. I thought what would be funny is if you said it um 
set a movie during that period of time with like the couple who's getting married and over the course of that week they start hating each other that feels like <laughs> a, a limited series netflix show right there <laughs> one called ted serranos serranos randos whatever his name is and pitch him the show and like i felt like i got a, I got a taste of that with this one just like the little crumb little cool. crumb of it well the with the whole idea it's, of it being build set around it, right? a wedding and stuff sure. like that and you get the extravagance of that and the yes. fun of that so like uh it did it did remind me a good a bit of like just you know what that that even though it's not about indian culture i felt it like through those little pieces yeah but i think that's that's what makes this movie work i want to say it was lulu wong director of the farewell who said this um because uh, Maybe maybe I'm I'm misconstruing, but I know with the farewell, uh, there was a lot of issues first pitching it where production companies were like, "Hey, we'll make this movie if there's a white person in the lead." And if you don't know, farewell. Oh, is about... they wanted the Tokyo Drift, the farewell. Yes, yes. <laughs> farewell is about Akvina as this this girl who goes back to China because her grandmother's dying, but doesn't know it yet, and they're all lying to her, et cetera, et cetera. And she, I, I want to say, it's, I, I feel bad if it's not, and I'm creating this the wrong person, but uh, the, whoever it is points out like the specificities in the script about culture bring it to life. Mm-hmm. And through those specificities, Speci- the audience. Specificities. Spe- through those crazy <laughs> rich Asians, through the specificities in culture and, and life, the audience is able to grab onto it and relate it to what they have. Mm-hmm. So as a Filipino, as an Indian, we are able to connect with this movie, even though it's not directly about our Asians. It's not about your Asians? No, it's not. The, the Henry Golding and Kansasu right here? I don't know. They're not my Asian. They, <laughs> they're not my Asian. Not my Asian. Not my... <laughs> but, but Snake Eyes, Henry Golding, and Hustlers, uh, Constance Boo, those are my Asians. <laughs> Those are my agents. Not this one, but there, there are other ones. They're, they're my agents. Um, I, I, I love Constance Wu and Henry Goldie in this movie. Uh, let me mm-hmm. let me put it out there. I don't think Henry Golding's like the greatest actor of all time. <laughs> I think he's a very charming, handsome man. And you know what? White people have been getting by on that for you years. know what? I there's there's this resurgence of the himbos in like rom coms. I think. What's himbos? You don't know about himbos? I don't think so. Okay. So you know the classic term bimbo. Sure. But what if the bimbo is a dude? That's a himbo. I think that that implies a a level of intelligence lacking. I don't know if that applies to Nick in this movie. Right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I get that like suavishness that's like, he doesn't really need to worry about stuff like that. Like she's the brains of the relationship. You know what I mean? <laughs> because like he d- he doesn't think to actually like you know warn her or like let her know about anything. That's fair. He's just Hold like on. you know what? This is fine. I gotta say, he may be the greatest mastermind of all time because he somehow hid his wealth for years. <laughs> How did she not know he was wealthy? To be fair, that's old. That's old money tricks. Oh, 
I don't know. Because like the, the thing is like there's a way to differentiate old money from new money. Old okay. money, when they go outside of the house, they're not wearing the fancy shit. They're wearing shit from old navy. Okay. <laughs> they're they're using their girlfriend's Netflix passwords. Well, they're not letting my- you know until it's too late. <laughs> here's my other question, right? Because the film reminds you time after time that that uh, Rachel is an NYU professor, right? What the fuck is Nick's job? Does he have a job? I mean, does he need one? See? So shouldn't she be wondering like, oh, you don't have a job? Where does your money come from? I mean, maybe he could be like, yo, I freelance. He's a mastermind. <laughs> He's tricked her into believing something. Some sort of lie. Again, like that's that's them old money techniques <laughs> that we're uh, living comfortable get out of here. <laughs> yeah i i found i find him charming and i i enjoy him in this and i like that you know he's he's in simple favor he's he has snake eyes out in theaters now is it still Go, in theaters i think it came out like a couple weeks ago. It, i, think I mean it came theaters. out it came out the same weekend as old just like, because you know it's streaming doesn't mean it's just because it's streaming doesn't mean it's not in theaters. You know how yeah, quickly yeah. the turnaround is nowadays. So there's that. Um, uh, I think Constance Wu's a fucking delight. And if the rom-com was still alive, I would love she was in a lot more rom-coms. Um, she's wonderful and, cre- and uh, fresh off the boat. That mm-hmm. was her first big one. I think she's terrific in Hustlers. Uh, she, uh, she does have that one moment that everyone hates. I mean, I haven't seen that movie, so I don't oh, no. know. Uh, do you remember when Fresh Off the Boat got renewed for its sixth season? Mm-hmm. She tweeted or Instagram commented something about how she was really mad about it being renewed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I think everyone turned on her for that. But uh, when she's on screen, she's, she's a star. I'll say that. So- so this this movie is based on a book, right? Yes, it is based off a book. A book that has sequels. Yeah. Are yeah, we getting movie, those? Are the, we getting the plan, those? The plan is for this movie to have sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what... So this the, the first movie, co-written by and adapted by Adele Lim and Peter Chiarelli, that seems to be his name, right? And so they were working on the sequel to Crazy Rich Asians together. And then... She left right on the sequel because she was offered significantly less pay than her white male co-writer, Peter Chiarelli. Hmm. So I don't know who's writing the sequel right now. I'll take a look. But the plan is for there to be a sequel. It's been three years now, right? It feels like it's a little too long for a sequel personally for me. So I don't know. I'd be fine if there's not. But it looks like the plan is to film the two sequels back to back, and that was pushed back due to the world. Mm-hmm. The world. But yeah, no, no updates since uh, Adele Lim left the project. So I do not know what is up with that sequel. Right so now. The, there's, there's one actor I want to talk about. Th- this okay. was my introduction to her, uh, Aquafina. Sure. This was a big year for Aquafina. I don't know if you remember. This was also Ocean's 8 year. Oh, she was in that? Yeah. And I remember Ocean's 8's cast being announced. They're like, oh, we got this name, this name, this name, and Aquafina. And I'm like, who is this? 
And slowly she's turned into one of the big uh, Asian American voices in Hollywood, which is great. She's she's very funny in this movie. Yeah, she's great. She, she's fun. She's not fun. Did she drop an f bomb? Uh, which 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 one? This is, when when Henry Golding invites her to come to the party, I swear she said the uh, ah, uh fuck, and that threw me uh, off. I mean, it is PG thirteen. It's it. I'll give this a pass because it's mm. not like the children's movie, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, where he says "bitch in snow." He say that I forget, <laughs> and I'm not bring I'm not bringing that up as like a, a knock on this movie. I was just surprised to hear it. But she's she's a delight. I think watching this again, there's it feels a lot like they gave her time to just riff and and yeah, and a lot of those one liners were there. The, those scenes felt a little looser. Yes, but she she's a lot of fun. I love the the makeover uh, montage with her and Nico Santos's Ollie with uh, Constance Wu in the end there. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. And her family's a lot of fun. The, the dad, he, he's a returning. Ken Jong return. We haven't seen him. <laughs> it's been seven years <laughs> since Transformers Dark of the Moon. And um, yeah, he was in that one. Yes. And <laughs> he's back. Where he was the shitty boss who did not judge him. Was he a being... boss? Yeah. No, I thought he was like, a co-worker who was spying on him because Shia LaBeouf was in Chicago or something? Like, he was no. a conspiracy dude, right? Because he's no. killed in the bathroom. No, no, no. He, he was the boss. I thought John Malkovich was the boss. Yeah, but, like, John Malkovich was the big boss. Oh. He was his direct boss. I we're putting way too much thought in this Transformers movie that did not have this much thought. <laughs> but uh, I, I find Ken Jeong could be a little too much sometimes. I think there's a perfect amount of Ken Jeong in this one. Mm-hmm. He's fun. The way he kept trying to like give the, that blue dress. <laughs> On the t- I, th- I think the costumes in this movie are fantastic. And Constance Wu has two incredible dresses. Well, I'm like, wow, if this movie made more money, we'd be talking about those dresses more often. Her, her reveal out, out of the limo for the wedding is just magnificent. Yo, where was the Oscar nom? Real talk? I remember pred- predicting what movies would be nominated this year for the Oscar and being really mad that it didn't make it. Did not At least for costumes, design. because like that, them, them dresses, next level shit. The cost, and then I, I think legitimately uh, production design would have been a great one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me double check because I know that was the year of Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the favorite. Was Phantom Thread, Thread also this year? That was the previous year. Okay. That was the year of Mary Poppins Returns. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Black Panther won that Oscar, which I think was a great Oscar. I don't know who's the fifth nominee off the top of my head. But the fact that I know four of the five nominees, kind of sad. I said that I knew them off the top of my head. Costumes great. Catch, I love catch us next next once we're done with the billion dollar movie club. Masins is just gonna rattle off lists of Oscar nominees. That's gonna nominated? be the episode. Do I know who is nominated <laughs> for best live action documentary in 2013? No one. That's not a category. It's the best live action short or best documentary short. Bitches. Bok bok bitches. Yo, they really, they really balked like chickens. 
They did. And she did to herself at the wedding. <laughs> That's true. The wedding. The wedding is one of my favorite moments in movies in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Expand. It's, it's 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 just a beautiful extravaganza, and the way it plays out. Uh, the song. I want to. Uh, let me let me double check the name. Of oh the yeah, that it, it was a. It was it's a the cover, cover of, of yellow. Yellow. No, no, right? no, that was the cover of. Um, I can't stop falling in love. I can't help falling in love with you. Um, that that's another thing I like. The uh the um what language was it? Was it uh Chinese or? I'm looking for the music section on the Wikipedia. I assume Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Mandarin Chinese covers of all the songs. They did. That, that was. Wait, did nice you realize touch. Gold Digger was in this? Yeah, I miss Gold Digger, but no, I I do love. I I think there's a tendency in movies, at least Hollywood movies, that is if someone of Asian descent is singing. You're gonna hear like a doll, uh, a gong, or or something like traditional old timey Asian music, and so I like the 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 fusion of the, the language with popular pop music, and I think it's very effective. Yeah, they this. reserved the gong to introduce new segments of the party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very fun moment when like who's gonna need a gong and just. So uh, as a yeah, can't help. I mean, why else would you use a gong, honestly, other than to just get everyone's attention immediately and be like, proceed to this. Really, is the only reason. So back to the wedding. uh, Can't help falling in love, sung by Kina Granis. I remember watching this in the theater, and my cousin's a fan of Kina Granis, and so she freaks out when when she starts singing. It's a beautiful cover, and I I just love the way the bride comes walking down, and she steps in the water, and and the lighting of that scene. It's just. That's my I'll be honest, weddings in that, that got me anxious. That got me anxious. The water? Like, she was wearing a low-flowing dress. She was. And, like, that, that like, her, the feet were submerged in the water. So, what? like, what's, what's going on? They're, what's going on with the clothes? They're rich. They, they, they throw out the one dress and get a new one. That's what crazy rich Asians do. And weird shout out in the wedding. You know that little that uh, the fancy person in the front that Constance sits next mm-hmm. next to. Yeah, she's played by Chris Aquino, who, according to Wikipedia page, uh, they dubbed as Philippines Queen of All Media. I grew up watching Chris Aquino as the host of Filipina Game Kanaba Game Na, a Filipino what? game show I used to watch all the time as a kid. Okay, what 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 happened in this game show? So it's a trivia show, right? Mm-hmm. I remember there being two iterations. One in which there's like this pyramid that the four players have to, they get to move across the pyramid if they answer correctly. The other, they were on these like mechanical devices that if they answered correctly, they could move forward uh, toward the host and you had to get to the end. Uh, but you're Oh, so it's like backwards. red light, green light, yeah, but kinda. with games. Yes. What a, what a game show. And so it was a delight seeing her in this. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Jebba Chan stuff. Another fan, another friend of the Billion Dollar Movie Club for a role in Captain Marvel. Wait, who? Jemma Chan. She's the the one whose husband's cheating on her in this. Ah, uh, Astrid. Yes, yes. Wait, she was in Captain Marvel. She's the blue lady in Captain Marvel. 
Oh. Huh. Don't worry, she'll return because she's going to be the lead in the Eternals. Lead in the Eternals. Um, her storyline's a little weird in this movie. I'll say that. It it is a a it's a marriage drama in this this rom com, and I think that's part of what makes this feel less of a comedy is because it's so serious that weighs it down a little. And uh, talking about characters not yelling and stuff, her and her husband are yelling at each other a lot at the end of there. But Gemma Chan's very good. I love. Mm-hmm. In a dumb way, I love. I think he's like the fifth build person in this movie, but Harry Shum Jr. of Glee fame pops up in the post credit scene and nowhere else. Wait, post credits? There's a post credit scene. Are you unaware of this? I don't remember that. So there's a post credit scene. It's uh, Gemma, Gemma Chan. She's just standing there. She looks mm-hmm. over and there's a handsome dude. Handsome dude played by Harry Shum Jr. And they have a little glances at each other, little flirty glances, and that's it. And he got fifth build or something in this movie. <laughs> As it turns out, that's a character in the books that will play uh, a uh, larger in role in later sequel. iterations. And I think even in the first book, he has a larger role that was smaller in this one. But I think he's hysterical. He had no lines. And he's like, Yo, I think the dead Ken fish might have had more of a presence than. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> oh, is that when they played the song Gold Dicker? Maybe. I don't remember them playing the song Gold Dicker. I, I I remember there was some point because you know I watch all these with the subtitles where it did say gold digger on the thing. <laughs> I remember that happening. I don't remember Maybe when it was, it was though. Maybe it was that. Um shout outs to I don't know how to say her name. It's Sonoya Mizuno. I want to say that's how her name is. She is from Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. She she's the Asian robot next. Oh Montana. yeah, she has a minor roles in both La La Land and I forget she's a fan of the Billion Dollar Movie, uh, a friend of the Billion Dollar Movie Club. No, she she's, a a fan role, she's, she's a fan too. She's a fan too. She has a minor role in Beauty and the Beast. I don't remember who she was. Uh, <laughs> she was in the Netflix show Maniac, and she's the bride in this movie. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a, that's another thing that was pretty that was pretty banging, hmm. the food. Oh food. my god. This is some of the great, the greatest food porn in any movie. <laughs> that scene where they get to that the food trucks and it's just flashing by. Oh my goodness. That's a great scene. Yeah, that that was a really nice scene like seeing how people just like bond and connect over that shit. It's nice. Also just seeing as a picky eater, I got very hungry eating watching this food I'm probably never going to eat. Yeah, I could see you going there like I'll have one little bite of that i'll have a little bite <laughs> I'll, I'll have I'll, I'll i'll have this dumpling but do you have ketchup for me to dump it in i'm sure michelle yo would love me dumping this dumpling in ketchup and michelle yo is fucking fantastic in this too there seems to be a, a bit of a, a renaissance for her so like she's popping stuff she was in that um with henry golding isn't it her and henry golding in last christmas or whatever is that oh. Amelia clark one I guess, yeah. I hope it's her. Let me double check to make sure it's her. Yeah, last Christmas, it's her and Henry Golding reuniting. Uh, you know, what? we need we need more Asian Christmas movies. Yeah, because Henry Golding's the lead in that, but you have Amelia Clark there, and as wonderful as Amelia Clark is, come on, like yo, Hallmark, you're you just have this entire untapped market. 
I want to say they recently had their first Asian lead in a Hallmark movie, but I don't know if that's true. I do not know if that's true. You ever watch Crouching Tiger? No. Hmm. Have you? No. That's one I've been meaning to get to. That's that. I feel like that's Michelle Yeoh's first uh, introduction to the world. <laughs> um, I love the mar- the mahjong sequence at the end. That's a very dramatic scene, and it plays into to to the beginning of of Constance Wu. She's like, "Oh, the TA he lost because he's a dipshit, but also he was trying to win. But I was trying to just not no lose. no oh, no no no. He was trying to not lose. There you go. See." How are you going to miss the message that she was teaching? I'm sorry. That means that either she's a terrible teacher or you're a terrible student. Which one is it? Which one never, is it? Ms. I Simpson? never took an econ class. I never took an econ class where they dim the lights to dramatically <laughs> you know, show poker. But I, I like how it plays in the end with the Mahjong game. Am I saying it? Mahjong? Mahjong? Mahjong, right? Mojang. Mojang. No, no. Mojang. Mo Yang develops Minecraft. What's Minecraft? Um, so if you, you, you I don't think you watched the movie in Fast Nine or Fa Nine, there's a sequence when they drive across a minefield, and the people who made those mines are Minecrafters. So Minecraft is a house where all the Minecrafters live. Oh, so it's the it's it's the hype house for the Minecrafters. Yes, yes, <laughs> the hype house for the Minecrafters. <laughs> exactly. Got that right. We got that right. Cool, cool. Um, Do we add anything else? I don't know if I. I genuinely don't. This know is a really else. straightforward movie. It's it's hard to, you know think about stuff to say because like it, it very much is a movie that for the most part hits its points and does it well yeah and, and like you know it's what? fun I... it's a fun spectacular celebration that made me want to go see a, a bollywood movie right afterwards mm-hmm. because like like sure there's there's a good amount of partying and shit but like this is a western version of a party if you want a real party movie, you gotta go to Bollywood. You gotta go to Bollywood. Oh, Poan, because you because they're American, they can't be as good as those who are born in their native land. Come on, are you Michelle Yeoh? Come on, it's this movie's too westernized. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. How dare you? I I do want to give credit to this movie for being light and enjoyable and fun, but also having something to say about the Asian American experience. I think this is an Asian American movie more so than an Asian movie. Mm. And so the way it reckons with traditions and 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 how do you balance that and also still be your own person, which you know, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. And 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 the familial element to it, I think it does it so very well. Another thing I found fascinating was like there was no other way to make money other than to be a real estate like tycoon in this Series. What you just you just inherited from your family, Pawan. That's the other way. No, but like it's it's I find that very fascinating because like that might be the only way to be crazy rich. Perhaps Asian. Well, isn't oh, isn't Rachel's mom like a realtor or something? Yeah, but see the thing is she's not no, the saying, one making I'm 
I'm just saying, but going place. building off of this, anyone can. There make is the money connection. If they're yeah, there is that connection. Saying. But see, the thing is, she's not the one who had the initial wealth to build off of. So mm-hmm. she's only she's on the side. But you, but you're saying she's how you sidelined. You're saying how you make money. She made money through selling houses. Yeah, but like. There's a difference between like selling other people's houses and selling your own Thanks. or like because like she's not accruing that wealth off of just holding on to that property. She can't because she's just selling it to other people. She only makes money mm-hmm. off that those transactions. Is this when we learn about selling houses with a plot? <laughs> Home economics 101. <laughs> All right, so we're going to need a room where you can dim the lights and there's a table in the center and a shithead TA. And then you got to have it like an amphitheater, but like arena amphitheater. Mm-hmm. There's got to be which, one of those which, in every house. As someone who went to NYU, I, I don't think I was ever in a classroom like that. Well, you know what? Because you didn't have to take the classes where the professor was schooling the TA in poker. I you're right. Did I that happen in any of your classes? I did not take game theory. Well, there you instead, go. Instead, I was in uh, intro to psych where one day, for some reason, at like 8.30 in the morning, the professor starts singing and dancing Wizard of Oz, if I only had a brain. <laughs> and I know he, he has some sort of buildup, but it was 8.30 a.m. and we were all asleep, so who knows what it was. One thing I want to, I, I'd like to bring up, it's early, early in the movie you, uh, when Nick's first asking uh, Rachel to come to, to, China, to, to the wedding with him. And then the, the, the two ladies spy on him and they start texting everyone. And the information is just kind of rolling along really quickly. I find that movies nowadays are having trouble incorporating texting and social media and all that stuff. In, in a way that feels natural to the movie. You know, and I was love also the a pacing fun montage. That was yeah, a the fun montage. montage. And that's another thing that made me like, damn, I want to go see a Bollywood movie. <laughs> Are there a lot of montages involving texting? Not necessarily texting, but like, yes, there's a lot of fun montages in mm-hmm. Bollywood movies. Yeah, I like I liked it. a lot of the animation stuff with the arrows. I, I think he he brings back later on when he does In the Heights. Uh, you can feel a lot of that energy there too. Yeah, you know what, you know what this one reminded me of with like the way it was hopping around the globe, hmm. the Muppets when they traveled by map. Yes, the only way to travel, really. <laughs> Classic. So you're telling me the only way to make this movie better would be if it was all just Muppets. Are there? Well, Asian I feel like Muppets? that's that's every movie, isn't it? That's true. But are there Asian Muppets? We can't have Kermit the Frog playing Nick. Well, and that. So then, that the the question of are there Asian Muppets implies that there, there's the Muppets are tied to race. Like, sure. are is Kermit white? Is Kermit that's white? Big. Well, Beaker is orange. Orange is like yellow and green make orange right did whoa is beakers kermit's son with an asian baby mama sure (laughs) you know which one's beaker right yeah yeah he's orange so what birthed animal (laughs) 
animal, you know, animals like the universe. At one point there was nothing, and all of a sudden there was something, and and man, and then he just started banging the drums, and everything sparked to life. That's why it's <laughs> called the Big Bang Theory because he's always banging on that drum. Yo, so that entire like twelve season show is also based on Animal from the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know how I said at once there was nothing. There was crazy everything. rich Asians. <laughs> That's better than the dumb thing I was going to say. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's very funny. I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to watch the sequel if it comes. I don't know if it, this movie needs a sequel. I think it ends pretty clean where it is. But yeah, let's have pretty Asian people do shit. That's yeah. always fun. Question. Did they? So they're on the plane, right? Okay. It's night and they're talking. And then they start making up. Do they fuck on the plane? I feel like there's Answer. a lot of fucking early on. Answer. Probably. Probably. Because there's also that scene where they wake up in bed. And then she's like, oh, I'm putting on my glasses. And then she does a fun, cute little thing with her glasses. And, and then, then he, he just hops. Yeah. Did they fuck there? There's a lot of fucking in this movie. I don't remember that. Oh, the, the one, the, the thing that really bothered me, right? <laughs> Aquafina has that brother, and Ken Jeong's trying to be like hook them, hook, hook him up with Constance Wu, right? Which I don't know, that feels normal. That's funny, etc. Start taking pictures of her when he realizes that he's she's like royalty adjacent, right? Okay, that's okay, but I understand. And then the scene with Rachel and her mom is very dramatic and very nice. And then he's on the side taking pictures, and they just laugh off his creepiness. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. They didn't like throw a pillow at him to get him to get out. Because like this movie's so light that they can't even do that. That was the one thing where like you could have said something. Uh, I I just found it really funny where <laughs> Ken Jeong was just like just like say something. He's like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's very funny. <laughs> oh, like, may- that- maybe not that forward. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in the the, the scene when uh, Constance Wu meets Aquafina's family is the mom feeds a dumpling to the baby. <laughs> I just found that very funny. But you know what? Uh, you know what? I'll save that for later. I'll save that for later. And talking about dumplings, I do love the scene of them uh, making the dumplings. You know, Rachel, Rachel, the character, just says it out loud. Like, it's very nice seeing the family just be together and and be a loving family who has fun but also will, will prod each other when they need and and that's a beautiful moment that i don't think we get in movies let alone movies with asian characters in it so that's a very nice moment thank you crazy Richie. so you know what that's a good crazy a good crazy that was needed a Listen, crazy i might not be rich Asian- enough but I may, but you know what? I, I was there for the crazy and I, sh- I just checked my skin. I'm Asian. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, Pawan, what are we going to do for the sequels? Assuming the sequels carry the, the book sequel names, right? Next sequel called China Rich Girlfriend. Next one, Rich People Problems. Are they not crazy anymore? 
Hmm. I, you know what? I think that the crazy is an adjective to the rich. So maybe yes. they lose a good amount of the money. So they're not crazy rich anymore. So they're just rich. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, when, when Constance Wu's character comes in, she fucks up the entire e- like economic ecosystem of the family. Maybe she like, fucks wow. up some commas. You're, you're maybe terrible, she fucks up some commas. You're a terrible econ professor. <laughs> Aquafina's family's also rich, right? Yeah, but she's like, their family is like not dignified rich. That's why it's like we were inspired by Donald Trump's toilet. Okay. Because because the film treats it like they're poor. And I'm looking at their house. I'm like, no. I do like when she goes in the back of her truck and there's all the different. It wasn't the back. The it was back. the front. Was that the front? Yeah. Sorry, it's the back. I apologize. No, no, yeah. no. That, yeah, that was one of the, them cards that have the, uh, the uh, engine. That's the word. The engines in the rear, not the front. Oh, I don't know cars. Oh, and I will say shout out to Alcofina's dress. She has a, a great dress in this one, too. You know what dress was really nice, though? That should have had more screen time. The one, the hands, the, <laughs> the helping hands, if you will. <laughs> what is the line? It's, it's, it's carrying you. <laughs> That's funny. Did we mention Nico Santos? Shout outs to Nico Santos. Might be annoying. Hello, Filipino. Famous for Superstore. I've yet to watch Superstore. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's hmm. just about it. Unless there's anything else. Do you want more Coldplay in this movie? I do really love the incorporation of the song. But... Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want more Coldplay because uh, not a lot of their songs are like that. We'll see. I don't think there's a moment in this movie that that called for fix you. <laughs> I don't think there's a moment in life that calls for fix you. Whoa, whoa, okay, okay, okay. That's a step too far. Do you remember what that song actually is? Vaguely. All I remember is that it appears in oh whoa. It appears in as the final song in the one episode of Glee that focused on Harry Shum Jr. to bring it full circle. You know what? Coldplay might be mom rock, but they're good mom rock. <laughs> Are they living La Vida? No, Viva La Vida. That's the song. I was gonna say living La Vida. I'm like, no, that's living. La Vida yeah, it's Loca. it's living La Vida. They're they're out there living La Vida Loca. Hold on, but I'm like sorry. real slow tempo about it. In my mind, I was playing out my future mashup of Vida. Of, what the fuck is this Coldplay song? Viva La Vida. Viva La Vida and Living La Vida Loca. That's me a great mashup. Yeah. Delightful film. And I, I think a film everyone should watch. Hopefully it's not another 25 years till we get another Asian. Just watch it 25 years till the sequel of Crazy Rich Asians. And there's no Asian. No, no, no. In between. They're, they're going to make it like the before series. <laughs> oh my god don't tease me do not tease me that'd be incredible even though the, even though the books might take place like right after another one they keep the same actors and they're like aged 
and they don't acknowledge it. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 more experimental to see what the audience feels, and it's a metaphor for how they how young they feel on the inside, even though that they're ninety three. So that was our conversation on Crazy Rich Asians, uh, twenty eighteen delightful film by John M. Chu. You know what? Actually, before. You know what? You you closed the door too quickly. I'm gonna open the oh door God. back up. Oh, you yanked it open. The, the door's open. It was interesting watching John M. Chu not make a dance movie. Is this his first? He did um, Gem in the Holograms, right? Is that a, that's not a dance movie? Yeah, but that's still one that's like based around music. Yeah, Let, let's look at his filmography because I'm not too familiar with his Step Up Two, The Step Streets, Three D. Yeah, step two. You got you got to say the full I name. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, because if it's 3D. just step up, listen. If it was just step up two, the series would have ended right there. You're right. If it's right, a dance it's... movie and you have a sequel, you gotta have a fun. You gotta have a fun uh, subtitle, subtitle for it. Like oh, is that... you know, like breaking. They couldn't just call it breaking two. You know what they called it? Share it. Breaking two electric boogaloo. Of which course. gave us the classic joke with that. So, Puan, does this is this explain why there's no step up four? Because the next movie, Step Up 3D, no subtitle. There was a step up four. It might have been a know. straight. That there was a couple more step up moves. I don't think he was associated with those though. Like he might have produced instead of directed. I mean, let me see. Let me see. There like there was is... at least a four released in. There theaters. are two more. Revolution and All In. Wow. But yeah, he didn't direct either of those. Uh, he does the two step up movies, and then he does De- Justin Bieber Never Say Never documentary film. Oh yeah, he did two Justin Bieber documentaries. And believe I, but yeah, you're right. And Justin Bieber uh, believe does GI Joe Retaliation. Oh, he directed yeah. that. Yeah, it seems Gem Gem in the Holograms. Oh, you know what? I did mind this movie. Now you see me too. I never saw the first Now You See Me, but I don't mind the second Now You See Me. I feel me. like that's the, the the most charitable reaction to that movie or that, that duology that exists. Now You See Me 2 isn't like great cinema, but there's some very fun moments in it. There's a fun, fun, uh, there, there's like a card that they're hiding a chip in it or something. And so they're, the, the security's like, you know, making sure they don't have anything on them. And so they're tossing the card to each other and the camera like follows the card as it like goes down their sleeves and stuff. It's a very fun sequence. And Daniel Radcliffe is in it. I think he's 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 going out there if I remember correctly. I mean, it's always fun seeing twists on the heist movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Crazy Rich Asians. But like when Now You See Me too. you know why I'm really mad at that one and why they didn't get a third one? The title? Yeah. We know now, it was right there. It was right now. You don't. It was right there. <laughs> I was gonna say it was right you, there. I was gonna say now you see me again. <laughs> now that's for the third movie. Oh <laughs> well, Paul, as we learned from Crazy Rich Asians, the correct way is to take away crazy. Wait. <laughs> I don't know what I said. Hey, John M. True then did it in the heights, and he's gonna be doing the wicked movie which I don't believe is ever happening because they've been talking about this for almost two decades now, maybe even two decades. I mean, may, maybe it'll... We'll see which comes out first, the the Halo movie or the Wicked movie. 
Well, at this point, I think the Halo movie is now a, a series show. on Showtime. Yeah. That was a while ago. I wonder uh, if they're actually going to release that at any point. That's why I kept the Showtime. I will say I was a little disappointed because I did enjoy the music, uh, the little b- bits of the score. A little disappointed. White man. Brian Tyler. I mean, Who- you could have gone. You could have gotten the goat. Like the goat for music is Asian. Like that we great friend of the billion dollar movie club. Who? Jaquino. He's is he Asian? Is he? Isn't he? I'm ninety nine percent sure he's white, and the only reason I'm not one hundred percent is because you said this right now. Oh, never mind. I take that back. Did he assume cool. based off his last name? I Where did. did you yeah, get- I, I did. I don't think that's an Asian last name. Listen, I don't. Before I met you, I wouldn't have thought Masenson was an Asian last name either. Okay. <laughs> I will. I will say Brian Tyler. Brian Tyler did uh, Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. So he he is a a a, uh, a friend of the Billion Dollar Movie Club. There's that. You know the editor does not have a Wikipedia page, so shouts to my Kernster, Kirst Kirstine. Uh, I don't know if you're Asian with the name Kirstine. <laughs> no Google that doesn't. Yes, like Asian. right right here we're we're doling out Asian points. <laughs> it does a good, very good job with this movie. This movie's are very well edited. Yeah, but they they don't get the Asian points. I'm I'm clicking on the producers too. The producers aren't Asian either. You know that's another thing. That's another thing you got to take into account. It's like, yeah, it's nice seeing them in front of the screen, but like, let's 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 get more diverse people behind the screen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. Not mean not saying. I was I, I want to just double check because I was looking at the credits when it was happening. I the casting director did not have an Asian name. <laughs> I actually really I hmm. Sarah, yeah, there's a white woman. That is that bugs me a little that there's so few Asians in these places of power. Uh uh producing half the writers were white. Which uh, hopefully we can move past on it and, and evolve from there. It's, I don't know. Well, well done, Paul. And we extended this and we went, we reached a sad note. A well, downer. you know what? Th- consider this the, the low moment where we're on, where we're on the small boat talking about how, you know what? Maybe she's not ready for the family. No. <laughs> Maybe you got to second guess that engagement. But you know what comes up after that? What? The break. Ooh, we're crazy. Hello, and welcome to everyone's favorite game show. Can you name Jin? Yes, this is the show where we try to name as many Asian countries as we can as a team. See, what's the high score? Previously, the highest score was... 782. Can this week's team beat the score of 782? Who's on the team this week? Uh, I think we got uh, Masinson and Pawan Mehta. Yeah, Masinson and Pawan Mehta here. Hello, hello. Nice, nice meeting everyone. Hello, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whoever wants to start, 
name a country and one by one you will name them until you can no more. And go! India. China. Pakistan. Philippines. Japan. Vietnam. Tibet. North Korea? South Korea. Argentina. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. What? You're telling me South America isn't in Asia? You're incorrect. And that means your team has reached a total of nine points. I'm sorry, you're not making it on to the finals. You know, why do I have to be the one to say the wrong one? I said the last one that we, like, had. No, you should do the insert. You do it. You do it. And that was this week's episode <laughs> of Can You Name Jin? Join us next week where we play Can You Name Africa? Ooh, we're Asian. Thank you to our sponsor, that game show that you just listened to for uh, letting us know that sometimes, you know, these country borders, they're, they're in flux because no, no country lines are perfect. What? No country lines are perfect. There's, there's room for interpretation. There's room for error. There's room for controversy. Hold on. Are you telling me that when the world leaders mapped out the countries, no one took out like, a protractor or like a ruler and and trace the lines to make them perfect lines and you know what even if they did maybe the person whose lines were maybe they had some things going on cut off by the perfect lines they're a little upset meaning the lines are no longer perfect my god these are some blurred lines here <laughs> and just like in the classic words of robin thick i hate these blurred lines I feel like we're offending the film of Crazy Rich, Rich Asians <laughs> by mentioning this song in the same podcast. But Listen, some may say this podcast is not perfect. You know what? Create your own video dinging us with every problem you see every single moment. Point Pause every out- five seconds and have like a five minute screed about whatever you want that I say in like one sentence. Have it fun. Movies aren't perfect. <laughs> Let's fix this movie. <laughs> you know what, Miss Simpson? How would you fix the crazy rich Asians? All right. So this movie's a wonderful moment and event in uh, Hollywood cinema because it allows Asians to take the lead and be leading men and women and be these romantic leads, right? <laughs> and so I <laughs> want them to be everything that Hollywood's denied them. All right. Do you hear this plane flying by? No. Oh, I was worried about it. Now I had this little I tangent and it, it messed with the flow of this movie. With this podcast, I apologize. Flow and the so, blow and the co. You good? <laughs> I want to see how long we stay silent. So uh, they're romantic leads in this movie, right? So you got to wonder what else are they going to be, right? So remember when they go to Nick's grandma house mm-hmm. and there's the giant tiger? 
Mr. Haramount. Just there. It's a really weird aside in the movie that I feel like is never really fully tapped into. So cut to the wedding. And the bride's walking down through the water. You hear the singing of this song. The lights dim down. And as she's about to reach the front, out of nowhere, from the top of the church, Mr. Haramount pops down and attacks because he doesn't like what this family's done to him for these past few years. It's like, oh no, killer mystical tiger. What are we going to do? Turns out these crazy, crazy rich Asians with that money, they got some Tony Stark stuff and boom, 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 their super suits turn, turn on. And so not only is it a rom-com, it's also a superhero movie. And they fight the tiger and defeat the tiger and the tiger is dead. You know what? I, yeah. I like that idea of the tiger. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring something else up with it, though, later okay. on. We'll see. Later you got on. anything well, else for I'm us? not done. For, you, you know, stuff? this is a film about family. Mm-hmm. family is Where's important. Dom Toretto? Nick. Well, Nick is showing Rachel his family, introducing to her to his family. But, you know, it's a large family. She's not going to meet everyone. And, you know, it's, it's some people are more prioritized. Your blood relation might be more prioritized than a family friend, etc. So post-credit scene, uh, Gemma Chan staying there. She notices Harry Shum Jr. They have cute little eyes together, right? Fun moment. Fun moment between the two of them. It's very sweet. It's teasing something, possibly for the next movie. So they, they make eyes, and she turns around. She's, she sees another fellow. Another fellow is there. And they have a little eyes, a little connection. And they're like, oh, maybe. Now, now she can choose between two men. Which man is it? Is it Harry Shum Jr.? Or is it Sung Kang reprising his role of Han from the Fast and Furious movies? Because it turns out Crazy Rich Asians prequel to Fast and Furious. Young Han is here. And young Han is part of this family as well. Wow. So we went from romantic leads to superheroes and a tease for next movie where they will be driving cars. Thank you. Give me one second before we get Ooh. into mine. I, I, I just got a, a bit of inspiration. Wow. There, there's a tie-in I got to make. Oh, I love ties, especially when you put them in that little thing you make. You know how you make a little loop that you put that tie in and then you tie the tie. Tying ties are fun. All right, That's a skill I learned. Okay, we're done with here Christian's tie, uh, tie corner. Okay. So I got, I got a couple of fixes. A couple of fixes. First one. So um, Astrid, mm-hmm. the, the wife, is uh, giving the husband a, a watch to celebrate uh, his, new com- his new startup. Sure. I mean, it's a nice watch. Don't get me wrong. But where's the crazy rich? I'm wow. seeing rich. I'm not seeing crazy. It, the watch has got to have so many diamonds that you can't tell the time on the Rolex anymore. That's the type of crazy rich I want. That's what's missing in that moment. One, so may, may I ask you, mm-hmm. for a fear this ignores uh, an essential part to that storyline, the fact that she's trying to not spend but, her wealth all over the place to make his masculinity not feel so small but in but that's that's the inciting incident for that 
couple. And oh. And also she she feels justified because like this is a gift for the start of your career to show that you're already wealthy man. Mm, I see, I see, I see. The second thing, it it really bothered me. The dress, the the, the she the, the wedding dress. The water. You're so there. bothered you can't say words. <laughs> the water's there. The wedding dress is there. It's it's getting wet. So like yeah. the thing is, the film didn't acknowledge it. That they could go two routes with this. One, they could have some method with which the dress is staying dry. Like maybe someone's holding it up. Maybe there's like some sort of invisible floor for the dress that's fault that's flowing on top of that, that it's not hitting the water. Or they could go full on with it. Maybe she's swimming to down the aisle. I'm for that. Now, question. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm full. I'm full full on the idea of her screaming but is it not possible that this dress is a waterproof for they are say it with me now filthy rich Asians <laughs> they're filthy rich that's why they need to take a shower through the, through they the water through it yeah <laughs> in their waterproof dress all right go on okay okay and the, the question I was having, if they're giving Constance Wu's character so much shit about this situation, what about that director's girlfriend? Like, what's going on with her? I want, a scene, I w- I want a scene exploring what the family dynamic is when they're talking to her. Uh, there's something going on inside there. Mm, there's no. a lot of struggle going on. We don't see any of it. She's just thrown to the side like, you know. Like, it doesn't even matter. She's just a joke. How do we think Michelle Yeoh feels about her being the star of Two Girls, One Cup of Noodles? That Moving there's, on. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of rich, dramatic tension that could be uh, mined from there, from, exactly. from, from the Minecrafters exactly. of cinema. And then the, another question I have. So they're, they're, they're crazy rich. What do they do? Like you brought up that question earlier with uh, Henry Nick. Golding's character. Like th- th- from all I saw, they just host parties and own land. That's fair. That's fair. And they pay other people to do things for them, which is why, which is why when the mother was talking, like there's a lot of things that you have to do to be in this family. Like I'm not seeing any of that. What did she do? What did she and do? you know what? I, I have an idea for you. Whoa. So you brought up the idea of this tiger. Maybe, <laughs> maybe when the family, when they were exploring the lands, they, they brought up the idea that they were the first ones down to Singapore. They were the ones who planted the seed here. And that's why they're the biggest family. Mm-hmm. Maybe when they were down here, they had to interact with a tiger. And only by defeating the tiger were they able to lay stake, lay their claim onto the land. And now that tiger is there because every once in a while it comes back to life and they must defeat it again to reclaim their space. And in this situation, yeah, it does take a lot of work to maintain that lifestyle because you don't know how powerful that tiger is. Each time it comes back, it comes back more powerful. I love this idea. Is this a reference from something? Uh, no, not that I can think of. Then good job on you. Good fucking job. And you know what? Maybe maybe the lion attacks during the wedding. And like, he's the one flooding out the wedding. That's why the water comes in. 
I'm just I'm so accustomed to these uh, fixes being references to other stuff that I'm in shock and awe and amazed at the genius you just came up with right now because that's hysterical. Well, you know what? We're going to take a step down from that now, though, because there's one other big aspect that uh, is missing from this movie. What? So we're talking about crazy rich people, right? And we're Asians. having all crazy rich Asians specifically. And we're having all the people in Western, uh, in Western movies and TV shows who are Asians yeah. make, make up a big part of this. You know who's missing? Who? Sun Quan from Lost. She's part, of, she's part of an extremely wealthy family. Her family literally puts out hits on people they don't like. That's how much money they got. And they're able to like get away with it. So you know what? Maybe she's going to show up at the end. There are multiple Asians on Lost, right? Um, yeah. But so like, why just the one? Well, her and her husband, uh, Jin, specifically, because they're the ones who most fit in with the crazy rich Asians. I see. That are there. Is, is, is that Daniel Day Kim? Is that yes. dude? Who's the woman? I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, her name is Yunjin Kim. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe oh. they show up at the end. They're like, sorry, our plane got lost. It was a crazy, it was a crazy journey, but we finally made it to the wedding. And then <laughs> sorry, they... crazy rich Asians, our plane got lost. And and then right when they show up is when the tiger is there like ruining the wedding. <laughs> so then they're like, just one thing after another with these people. They can't they can't take a break. They can't take a break. They can't. But we could you argue that if they took a break emotionally, they'll be lost. And found. Whoa, you will be found. <laughs> Even when the dark comes crashing. Through. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not Ben Platt. <laughs> you don't have a right to that song and that that series. It's nothing, okay? Because you sang it, it is nothing. So those were our fixes <laughs> to Crazy Rich Asians accompanied by... Uh, uh, I was going to say outbreak. That's not what I'm looking for. An outburst on Ben Platt. <laughs> I think we did a lot of great work here today, Juan. We talked about a great film. We we noticed that, you know, it's not perfect. And so we got to change a little stuff about it. But everything we've done today has been rooted in a state of opinionated self mm -hmm. right I'm like i think this i think that but you know what who cares look at my face and if you're oh. listening to this podcast look at my face anyway you can if, see if, it through your you audio podcast, screen picture Poan's face Poan, describe your face my face you know what it's saying i don't care about you know what? Not even just Masensen's opinion, my own opinion. Oh, it doesn't no. matter. I, because I will say all one. that matters with art. Say it with me. Say it with me. You ready? You ready? Filthy rich Asians. Nah, nah crazy rich new Asians. That that's the sequel, right? <laughs>
All right, let's let's rank this film. Let's rank this film on the list of a billion dollar movies. Where is the tab? Do I not have the tab open? Whoa. We're so crazy lose? we lose tabs. I don't know where it went. Quan Yo, ramp. You're, you're you're so crazy rich with those tabs that you lost it in the sea of tabs. It's gone. You can't find it. Right here. Why can't I share it? Oh, here it is. <laughs> You could select multiple windows. You can share multiple windows at once. That's magical. All right, Puan. It's time to rank this film on the list of billion-dollar movie club movies as an honorary member. We'll see where it lands. All right. As always, we flip a coin. Uh, I'm going to go Tails. Wow. 40 weeks and, and then it's heads. It's heads. Like, start with ne- last week's movie. Last week's movie. <laughs> I just remembered where we placed it. Last week's movie. Last was... week's movie was Spider Man Three. <laughs> three? What? Yeah. Spider Man Three. Far from Home is the second Spider Man of the third. Okay, sure, fine. We'll do it that way. Is this better or worse than Spider Man Far From Home? I'm gonna say better. All right. Is this movie better or worse than uh The Dark Knight. I'll say better. All right, all right. Is this movie better or worse than The Beauty and the Beast, 2017? I love that movie, but I'll say better. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Wait. Uh, is this better or worse than Eight? I'll say better. My God, it's better. Wow. Who knows what's going to happen? Okay. I guess. Whoa, 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 we'll wait, what's going to happen. Whoa, wait. Is this movie better than Skyfall? I'll say no. Okay. It hurts. It pains me, but I'll say no. But now we got to move on to the second category. Second category. Is this better or worse than us? Whoa. This is a new dimension of this list I was not ready for. Oh, fuck no, I genuinely uh ah oh I will say it pains me, I'll say worse. Okay. I guess we gotta put in the number ton generator mount them on. Alright. Uh I believe it's a min of uh twenty one, right? Uh double check, double check, double check. Min of twenty one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Min of twenty one. And, and a max, uh, max of, of uh, I think it's twenty one. Yeah, I believe it's 21 as well. So we can yeah. put it in the number Tron 3000. Let's see what we get. And we'll see what number we get. All right. If there's a min of 21 and a max of, uh, what was the max again? Uh, 2 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, 2 1. Right. And we'll see what number it gives us. It gives us, holy fuck, it gives 21. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> this is Wait. a minefield of names. All right. All right. Time to recap the list of the greatest films ever. Yeah. Is this better or worse than Spider-Man 3? Far better. You're seeing, you see something with how you're ranking these. No, I don't see anything with this. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. At number 47, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. At number 46, Alice in Wonderland. At number 45, Toy Story 3. 
44 avatar number 43 <laughs> i like how 43 44 and 45 are some of our favorite movies on this list yeah <laughs> number 43 spider-man far from home uh, at number 41 transformers dark of the moon number 40 avengers age of ultron uh number 39 despicable me tree Number 38, Transformers Age of Extinction. Number 37, Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Man's Cheese. 36, Captain Marvel. Uh, 35, Captain America. Civil War. 34, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Uh, 33, The Dark K Knight Rises. 32, The Dark KK Knight. That that was a that was a little dangerously close to something else. Uh, Thirty one, Marvel's The Avengers. Thirty minions. Uh, Twenty eight, The Hobbit, an unexpected journey. Twenty seven, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Uh, Twenty six, Jurassic Park. Twenty five, Iron Man Three. Uh, Twenty four, Frozen. 23, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, 22, Jurassic World. Tied at number 21, Andrew okay. Stanton's Finding Dory. Jordan Peele's Us. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. John M. Chu's Crazy Rich Asians. And Ron Howard's Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, number 20, uh, Beauty. Plus the beast, two zero one seven. Oh, I don't know what Bos- those four numbers are. Is that Baz Luhrmann's version after doing Romeo plus Juliet? <laughs> number nineteen, Titanic. Uh, number fourteen, in. Cre, in cre, edibles too. <laughs> I love movies about edibles. Number thirteen, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. 11, Zootope. Aye, aye. 10, Avengers. Endgame. Uh, 9, Black Panther. 8, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, 7, Rojue. 1, A Star Wars Story. 6, for 8, The Fate of the Furious. Uh, number 5, Eight, The Last Jedi. Number four, Aquaman. Uh, number three, Talor. R-O-T-K. Number two, Furious 7. One, the sky. It's Oh, no, the sky is falling. <laughs> Call me Chicken Little because the sky is falling. Bok bok, bitch. Juan, I think in that time it took us to read the list, we could have watched all of Titanic. <laughs> For the lit, there's so many movies, so many movies, so little time. So with so little time, we are very thankful that you, listener or viewer, are watching or listening to this episode of the Billion Dollar Movie, movie Club. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And remember, remember to... Go ahead. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on... YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Put Google the Podcasts. follows. 
follow us on the socials at Billion Dollar Movie Club on Instagram and Facebook or Bill Doll Club on the Twitter. Yeah. And uh, shout outs, shout outs, shout outs, shout outs. Ooh, we're, we're shouting and it's out there. Max Lismacchio, we're shouting at you. We're shouting at you. There we go. Yeah. For, for the, no for reason. The, we're just shouting at you. For the beautiful art. We're shouting at you. Shout. shout. You make me wanna. No, you don't know that song. You make me wanna crazy rotation. <laughs> Well, that was our final bonus episode, but join us next week for when we discuss, oh, do you hear these dogs barking? Yeah. For Aladdin. They're excited. They're They're excited excited for Aladdin. Live action Aladdin coming next week. That'd be a great discussion about Will Smith. This will be his first movie, isn't it? Yeah, somehow. Somehow. And we'll, 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 we'll dive into that next week. So thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Of, of, of crazy retreats <laughs> of the Billion Dollar Movie Club. We hope to see you next week. Bok bok, bitch! In five, four, three, two.